Welcome to My Pursuit Podcast. My name is Mike, and I am the host of the My Pursuit Podcast. So glad that you're listening to us here in our fourth season, the season that we're calling our soul food season. And um, what what we're doing during this season, and I'm not going to explain the whole thing, by the way. If this is the first episode that you're listening to of this podcast or of this season, I would encourage you to go back to the beginning of this season. So go to Soul Food Episode 1, which should be if things stay straight in the iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher world, it should be um, two episodes ago. And check that one out because that's where I'll explain everything about what we're doing, why we're doing it, and, and all that stuff. Because I, I really do want you to know what this is about. Because I, I just have a feeling if somebody listened to this and um, or any of these and didn't know that there's a certain format here... Um, this would be a confusing devotional podcast. It would be weird, and um, I, I, just, I, I don't know what I would be thinking if I listened to it and I didn't have any background on it. So anyway, um, during the soul food season, what we're doing is we're talking about the fuel that we take into us, into our, um, into our mind, into our heart, into our soul, that ends up being the fuel for how we live, how we act, talk, and treat people. And what we're doing is during this season – each week, we're going to take on a new soul food, and we're going to see what that does to our the way that we think, what it does to our actions, um, what it does to how we speak to others, how we treat others, you know. And um, actually, in the first in the first week of this at, at church, during my introductory message on this, I actually put out a little bit of a rubric where I asked everybody to look at the fruit of the spirit. There's nine different fruit, <clears throat> excuse me, fruits that come from the fruit of the spirit, and these are fruit that other people are supposed to get from us. We produce this this fruit for other people. In fact, that's the only way of understanding what fruit is, fruit of the spirit is, because if if we're producing fruit, what are we? We're the tree, right? And other people are the ones that partake of the fruit. Trees don't partake of their own fruit. We're not, we're not getting fruit of the spirit for the sake of our own nourishment. We're using that, um, for the sake of others. We're, we're growing fruit of the spirit for the sake of, um, changing others, helping others, benefiting others, loving others the way that, that Jesus talked uh, to us in scripture about. And so I, I put out this rubric where I said on a scale of, you know, one to 10, um, five being what would be normal and 10 being what would be like awesome and like just like out of this world awesome and one being you know it's it's almost non-existent i i ask people to go through the fruit of the spirit so love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness and self-control and i ask people to go through each one of those and to think through a, a friend um somebody that you see on a consistent basis Think of a peer, somebody that you wouldn't consider a friend or enemy, but somebody that you're around quite a bit. And then think of an adversary, somebody who um, maybe sometimes mistreats you or that is against you or who does not want the best for you. And I want you to think about how how much of these fruit those people experience from you. 
five being like kind of the average amount, the amount that, you know, a good person should be giving to another person. Um, and, and kind of see where that, where that goes. And what I'd love for you to do is kind of reevaluate those things on a weekly basis. And am I giving more of those things now to my adversary and to my peers kind of the same way that I was to my friend? Because let's face it, even Jesus talks about that in the Sermon on the Mount where, where he says, you know, don't even the pagans do that, right? Don't even the tax collectors do that. They, they love the people who love them already, right? And they, they treat the people well who treat them well already, which is probably fewer and far between for tax collectors and pagans. Maybe, I don't know how that worked, but but, um, you know, they do it. What are we going to do more than them? What are we going to do to show that we have been changed, to show that we're different people than they are? And that's one of the things that, that keeps like kind of rolling around and echoing in my mind um, so far during this series is I, I've seen. And I mean, just talking about the news and talking about people who um who claim to have a Christian faith, who are out there in the public and out there in in news and politics. And you see these people who, you know, you see the way they speak and the way that they treat others. And you go, how has that been impacted by your faith? If, if you're going to talk that way, if you use those words, if you're going to talk about people in that derogatory, awful way, how is your Christian faith actually affecting how you act and live and walk and talk, you know? Um, I'm, I'm thinking of a specific, uh, couple people that, um, pop up in my Facebook thread. And, uh, these are people who, you know, I, I called friends and I look at some of the things that they say and some of the angry and awful things that they say, um, about other people, about, um, gosh, I mean, about public people, uh, politicians, um, the president before the president that we have now, especially as I still see just hatred and anger towards that particular president in, in one person's comments. I mean, it just keeps coming up over and over and over and over again. Just the awful things that he will say about this person. I'm just going when other people see that and and you are also posting these things about, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm a Christ follower and you're posting scripture on there. But then these other things keep popping up. I'm always like. Man, I mean, I wonder what people think about Christianity and faith based on what they read in that particular person's Facebook thread, you know? So I am asking the question during this, how does this affect how you treat your, your friends, your, your adversaries, as well as your peers? Um, so we're going through that. So last week, the topic was the Bible. Um, And I know that that was kind of this, um, oh man, you know, he's going to talk about reading your Bible. Um, It's like the most Sunday school thing. I mean, I I remember um, a Sunday school teacher in fourth and fifth grade who um, was just kind of like, that was the ultimate thing you could do as a Christian is read your Bible. That that's what Christians did that other people don't. Um, And, and that's, that's how they kind of taught. And I just remember going, is that all it's about is like reading and studying? Is that what this whole like faith thing is about to some people? And according to this one teacher, I mean, that kind of was how it seemed. Um, but that, that seemed cliche, but I hope that we kind of got past that last week in talking specifically about how the Bible can be soul food for us. This week, I want to take another step. Unfortunately, this is also going to sound a little bit cliche, and I just can't avoid it at the beginning of this because 
these things pop up again and again for a reason. And so the second one, you probably guessed it, is going to be prayer. Um, Praying. How does praying change what we're doing? How how can prayer for us be a food for our soul? And that's going to kind of be the big topic here is how is it a food for us? Um, Because I, I guess for a lot of Christians and for me, some of the time, prayer is just something that I'm supposed to do. In fact, before I even started this series, I would have thought as prayer kind of as an output of my faith. It's like a way that I do faith. I pray. I do what God says. And, and I I say these prayers and I pray them the right way. Um, but during, during this week, we're going to talk about it, how our prayer life with God can and should be um, a food for our soul, a fuel to us. And we're going to talk about how that works. Um, but in doing that, I guess this morning, what's on my mind, um, as I've been thinking about this, is we're going to spend a bit of the time talking about, I don't want to say how not to pray, because I, I, I don't want to limit prayer there, but we're going to talk about some of the problems of prayer. Um, some of the reasons why maybe you don't pray very much. Um, some of the reasons why in at times, like I'll neglect to pray. And I think that there's some big problems and some misunderstandings and misconceptions about prayer out there that somehow praying is, is the thing that's supposed to make God do what I want him to do for me. Um, and somehow if my prayers aren't answered, you know, I'm not holy enough or righteous enough, or God just doesn't want to do anything for me. And so we're, we're going to talk about those specific thoughts. We're going to talk about, um, some of the big problems with why we don't value prayer or why some don't, I shouldn't say we, I shouldn't make it sound like everybody, but, but why some people don't value prayer and spend time in prayer. And, um, so during this week, I'm going to look into some of the issues I've had with prayer, some of the different ways um, that I've prayed, and maybe praying some ways that I've never really tried before um, to see what that does when I spend time praying. When I and, and, and I'm not even going to limit the thought of prayer at the beginning of this, because I know that some people have seen you know prayer as talking to God and you know receiving a message from God. But even in that, there's a problem because I I know a lot of people who would say, I don't know if I've ever received any message from God. I mean, I know good Christians who would say things like that. Um, So we're going to look into how that works. Um, We're going to look into what prayer is. And so before we go into, uh, before I, you know, cut this part of the conversation and then come back to you at the end of the week, I am going to ask you the question, um, I'm going to ask you the question, what does prayer mean to you right now? Um, Are you doing it? Are you not doing it? Are you doing it just out of habit? Are are you doing it somewhat robotically? I mean, I remember a time when I was a kid, I think I said this in church um, less than a year ago, when I was a kid um, and I used to pray, and this is like middle school, um, even into high school, I just had a list of people and, and I would pray and I would just say, 
you know, God, please help this person, this person, this person, my dog, this person, this person, this person, this person. I would just go down this list. And somehow I felt like if I remembered their name and didn't forget that night, that they would be safe, that they would be okay. Um, and But then, you know, what I shared last year is that, you know, even in the midst of doing that, my dog died. <clears throat> and right after that, I... I stopped praying the same way. Um, I, I, I didn't do that same thing. In fact, it kind of felt like that was worthless and a waste of time and, and meaningless. And so I'm going to start thinking this week a little bit about was that meaningless? Was it a waste of time? I don't think it's necessarily the way that Jesus wanted us to pray, but it was the way that I, I did pray. Um, and I'm going to ask myself the question why I prayed that way. And I'm really going to start thinking this week about some different ways to pray, different ways to communicate with God, different ways of making that meaningful, because prayer, as well as reading the Bible, can become habits that seem to become, gosh, kind of um, of stale. I mean, just kind of like, blah, it's just there. I just did it. Um, but, But we're going to look into how this can actually be food for our soul that changes us and actually fuels us. Uh, with what we need. So I'm excited to get into this. I will be back momentarily for you, but in days for me, where I'm going to share with you um, what this looked like this week and uh, what kind of impact this has and what I learned during the week of trying this differently. So anyway, I'm glad that you guys are listening to this. Thank you for listening. Um, If you have any questions, feel free to submit those to mypursuit at outlook.com. I would love to take some time to respond to questions on this podcast or to be part of a conversation even in this podcast. So um, I'd be happy to do that. But once again, guys, thank you for listening. I'll be back momentarily in your time and in some days in my time. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to the My Pursuit podcast. Um, Only you haven't gone anywhere. I did. It's the end of the week. I'm welcoming myself back because you're just continuing to listen, hopefully. Um, And, you know, I was just thinking as I'm starting this, um, I'm on my way home. It's the end of the week. And I'm thinking through this and I'm going, man, you know, the, the one thing I don't like about doing the podcast this way is that as I'm driving home right now, and I am driving home, it's raining, by the way. Um, as I'm driving home right now, I'm thinking the bummer about recording the first part of this podcast earlier in the week. And then this part at the very end of the week is that I don't always remember exactly what I said at the beginning of the week. So I'm like, I really don't want to just totally repeat myself. Um, so we'll see how much that happens, but I mean, that's the risk that you're taking in listening to the, my pursuit podcast, I guess. Um, but I'm glad that you're back with me. Um, it's been an interesting week, and the topic this week has been prayer. And I've really been thinking a lot about prayer, what it is, what it's meant to me, what it does mean to me. Um, I realized early on in the week um, that I spoke at, at church at Hillside about this back in, I think it was April, I spoke on prayer. And um, at the beginning of the week, I felt rather uninspired to think about prayer for the same reason that I told you, like, it sounds like the most Sunday school answer, you know, like, Hey, just say your prayers. You know, it just sounds like something that children are instructed to do. You know, now I lay me down to sleep or whatever. Is that what this is about? Is just any prayer as good as any other prayer? Um, what's effective, what matters, what makes a difference. 
And um, I was a little bit uninspired about that at the beginning of the week, just because I was going, uh, it seems so, it seems so basic or it seems so um, elementary, I guess was my way of thinking about it. And so I, I was really kind of uninspired for the first couple of days of the week and um, got a little bit more inspired. And I know that this sounds weird and I don't mean to sound prideful when I say this, I actually went back and wanted to read a couple things that I had written about prayer. Um, now, I, I understand, read things that I had written about prayer, not things in the Bible or whatever. But I, I went back and I looked at um, a message that I did back in April um, at Hillside about prayer. And reading that got me really fired up about prayer again. And it's not that I hadn't been praying, because that's certainly not the case, Um I pray, I pray often, but here's what I've kind of realized about my own prayer life when I compare it to what I had challenged myself to do back in April is that um, I really started to realize that um, as much as I valued prayer in the past, and even though I've, I've taught messages where I think I've really kind of dealt with some of my own misconceptions from earlier in my life about prayer, I, I also... Um, I forget some of those things about prayer. I I tend to um, pray in short little bursts at times where, um, you know, I'll, I'll think of something that I need to pray for. I'll think of somebody who I care about who's hurting, and I'll just shoot up what um, my wife used to call. I don't know if this is from anywhere else, if she found this anywhere else, or if this is her thing. I would shoot up what um, she refers to as an arrow prayer, where it's just kind of like, you know, I realize, hey, this guy's hurting. I want to make sure he's okay. You know, dear Jesus, please be with my friend. Um, you know, help make sure that he's okay. You know, I'm going to trust him to you in Jesus' name, amen. That, that kind of just like a quick little, pew, you know, just shooting that arrow up there of prayer. And um, I do that often. I also... I have times where, especially when I'm writing a message, where I'll sit down and I'll just kind of try to clear my mind with prayer. And I'll, I'll try to pray about the topic that I'm going to be writing about or speaking about. And that's important to me. I also have prayers that, that I try to do in the morning. A lot of them I'll actually do, by the way, when I'm driving to work. Um, because that's kind of the first time when I find myself um, lucid enough, I guess, to... Uh, to really comprehend what I'm thinking or talking about. I mean, just when I'm getting ready in the morning, I just find that I'm in a daze. Um, but one of the things I realized about prayer, I tend to uh, daydream a lot when I start praying. So I'll start praying on something and a thought will pop into my mind and I'll just kind of shift onto that thought and start thinking about that. And I'll return to prayer but the, the thoughts a lot of times aren't very prayerful. And so what I find in my own prayer life is that I often become unfocused. Um, unless I have something that's a need that I'm praying about, a person that I'm praying about, or a situation that I'm praying about, I generally um, can lose focus pretty easily and pretty quickly. So what I wanted to work on this week a little bit are were some strategies of how to make prayer into my soul food, how to consider it soul food, how to make it meaningful, purposeful, impactful, and, and how to make it make a difference in me. And of course, I, I have to understand that like when I pray, 
I, I, can, I don't personally control the difference that it's making in somebody else or if God is doing something because of my prayer. That's out of my control. So all I can really control with my prayer is what it's doing to me. And I'm just leaving it up to God when I pray what he's going to do. Um, so I started thinking that a lot about prayer. And I found a couple of prayers that I found were more meaningful than others to me. Um, a couple of ways of praying that were more meaningful. And I'm going to share those with you. I'm, I'm thinking I'm also going to share these tomorrow morning. I've, writ- I've written them into my message. I haven't finished um, completely editing my message. I wrote a message that's too long. I, I know, big shocker. And I need to cut it down a little bit. So I don't know if this will kind of stay in um, what I'm going to share tomorrow um, at church. But let me share with you a couple of the ways that I tried praying this week and what really impacted me and what really made a difference. So here's a couple of prayer strategies. One that I talked about way back in April was praying the Lord's Prayer. Now, when I say praying the Lord's Prayer, what I mean is this. I I do not believe that when Jesus said, when you pray, um, pray this way, I don't believe that he meant you have to memorize some words and say them exactly the way that Jesus said them. I, I don't think that that's what he was doing because he didn't say memorize this and say these exact words because if you mess these words up, you're going to get it wrong and your prayers aren't going to make a difference. I I don't think that's what he meant. I think that what he meant was here's here's a format that I pray and here's here are the things that I'm doing. I want you to pray like this. So when I started to think about that, I started to think about you know starting a prayer. You know how he starts our Father who are in heaven. Um, obviously, I'm not going to pray my own prayers in the King James and use words like art in heaven. Um, so I'm going to speak first in my prayer. And, and so I started praying like this. I, I did some prayers where I prayed first about my relationship with God. How do I see God? Like, God, what is my relationship with you right now? Um, so I can say my father in heaven. I can talk that way or I can talk, you know, I, I could be more specific about what God has meant to me lately or maybe the fact that I, I haven't been as faithful or as close lately. So there might be times in my prayer where I might say, you know, um, you know, Father God, um, who, you know, I've been reluctant to pray to recently or Father God, who I've kind of tried to ignore today or I've, you know, completely forgotten about all day. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can do that, where you can say, this is my, this is where my relationship is with you right now, God. Um, and I thought that was helpful to think that. And then, you know, you know, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so again, I'm not going to speak in the King James, but I might say, God, I want your will to be done. And I, I want to see your will and celebrate your will more than I'm going to celebrate when things that I want to have happen, happen. Like I I want my will and your will to be the same thing. And so I start praying about that and asking about that and thinking about God's will. And like, even in my prayer um, earlier this week, I was kind of wondering in my prayer about God, I wonder if this is your will. And I wonder if this might be your will and really just starting to wonder about it. Um, And I, I found that to be honest and I found it to be sincere and every time I got more honest and sincere, I, I focused more on it, you know? And then when we get into other parts of the prayer, you know, like give us this day our daily bread, um, you know, obviously Jesus is praying for things that other people take for granted, um, you know? And, and so 
I started to think through all the things I was taking for granted, you know, and, and God, you know, please be with me, you know, through my job, which I take for granted. And I should be celebrating the fact that I have a job and an income and, and, you know, you know, my family and, and other things that are easy to take for granted, easy not to thank God for, to kind of think through those and say, you know, protect them, you know, be with them, be in my relationship with them, you know, be with me at work, you know, th- those sorts of things. And, and then to go on and to talk about, you know, forgive me, you know, as, as, as I forgive those who have sinned against me and start thinking about what, what is it that I need to repent of and, and to get specific about like, what, what is going on in my mind and heart right now that I need to talk to God about and that I need to ask for forgiveness for? Um, so thinking that through and then going on to saying, like, who now do I need to forgive? Who was cruel or rude to me or whatever this week? Who have I been holding a grudge against, you know, for years that I might need to think about um, forgiving? You know, and, and, and just praying that way, you know, going through the Lord's Prayer and just saying, I'm not just going to take those words and and recite mindlessly um, what I've memorized because I, I think that that's kind of hollow and empty. But in in saying like I really want to understand these and think through these, that was a meaningful prayer for me this week, and I've, I've prayed that a few different times in a few different ways. Um, another prayer that was meaningful this week. Um, I don't know if I've ever shared this before. Um, the concept of uh, what's called a hesychastic prayer. Um, I, I learned this by reading, um, Henry Nouwen and I heard a, a, a pastor speak on this before I found this in Henry Nouwen and he kind of steered me that direction. And what a hesychasm is, is it's taking a bit of scripture or a bit of truth and praying that scripture or praying that truth and breaking it down to its smallest chunks and going through that. And that's kind of what, you know, praying the Lord's prayer that way did. Um, but but think of it this way, whatever scripture you're into, whatever, whatever is meaningful to you or impactful um, for you from your devotions, take it apart a little bit. You know, like so, you know, praying John 316 would, you know, you might start with for God so loved the world. And, and you just start with those first few words for God so loved. And you start to think through, you know, what does it mean that God would love? How is his love different than my love? You know, you start asking some questions around it. And meditating on the concept that, that God loves, meditating on the concept that God doesn't have to love, that he could have chosen something else, um, you know, and, and thinking about what does it mean that God loves? And then going on, you know, so that he, he loved the world. What does it mean that, that he loved the world? Not just not just his people, not just Israel, not just the Jewish people, not just the Christian people, not just people from a certain era or time, um, but all people of all times and not just people. I mean, it didn't say for God love all people, but for the, he loved the, the whole world, like everything that he created and start thinking through that, that God loves all people, all things that he's created. Wow. Um, that's interesting. You know, start thinking through God loves me and he loves you and he loves, you know, the president who's president now and the president who was the last president. He loves all of us. That he loves everybody who he ever brought into existence, you know, meaning, you know, Osama bin Laden and, and you know, Adolf Hitler and Joe Stalin and all, all you know, wow, that he loved them. And what does it mean that he loved them and they didn't return that love toward him? You know, what, what does that mean? And starting to think, do I return God's gift of love to me? What does it mean that he loves me and he loves these other people as well? 
you know, that, that he gave his one and all he's done. And so starting thinking through like, what does it mean that he gave? It doesn't say he, he only gave to these people or he only, um, let us borrow or he conditionally, um, let us use Jesus. It was like, no, he gave, this is not something that, that he's trading. He, he gave Jesus to us, you know, and, and going through scripture like that, um, wow, that can be powerful to think through a scripture that way. And so, I would challenge you, you know, grab John 3.16, grab John 14.6, um, you know, find, find a scripture that means something to you and, and pray it in pieces um, and meditate on each piece like that. I mean, it's powerful. And then finally, a, another prayer that I found really powerful this week, well, not finally, I found there's a couple others. Um, one that I found really powerful was um, praying as talking to God, which I know you've heard that concept. That's what most people think that prayer is. But what I find is, again, when I just talk to God in prayer in my mind, I'm pretty unfocused. And I tend to, um, well, goodness, I, I, I tend to daydream all the time. And I started through thinking through, what if I, what if I prayed out loud? So a couple times in the car this week, I prayed out loud. Um, just talked to myself in the car, which you know, hands-free cell phone devices have made this awesome that you can do this and not be made fun of because everybody, when they see you talking to yourself in the car, just assume that you're singing along the radio or that you have your hands-free cell phone going and that you're having a conversation with somebody. They don't look at you and think, hey, you're a crazy person. So being able to talk out loud to God. Now, this to me was, this was big to me this week. Um, And I don't know if I'll describe this properly, but not only do I not daydream when I'm talking to God out loud, but I hear my own thoughts come out of my mouth. And when you hear your thoughts come out of your mouth, you start thinking about like, I wonder how God hears these thoughts. You know, um, how would I explain these things to another person? Obviously God knows what's on my heart. Doesn't even need me to say the words, but it makes a difference when I do. Oh my goodness. It is pouring right now. Um, sorry as I get unfocused and start um, losing my focus because of the rain here. But that was powerful to me to, to pray out loud. I did that in the car. I even did it for a little bit while I was fishing out of my kayak, which is probably a little bit weirder and more dangerous to do because not dangerous, but um, might weird people out a little bit because, you know, here you are praying out loud on a kayak and the water like reflects the sound really, really well. So some people on shore might have gotten a little bit of an ear of my of my prayer. Um, but, you know, in the car alone out loud. Oh, man, what a great way to pray. Um, that was that's big to me. And I will use that more and more and more. Um, I like that. And then finally, one of the thoughts that I had back in April that I hadn't really spent a whole lot of um, time with or thought process on. Oh, my goodness, it's just pouring I hope you can hear me because it is so loud in the car right now because it's raining so hard. Goodness. Um, So anyway, um, praying that... So my thought was praying so that um, you would be the answer to prayer for someone else. So I hope that made sense. Praying in a way that you're asking God to make you the answer to somebody else's prayer. So praying to God, like, God, I, I want to be your answer to the prayer and then start even getting specific about 
specific people and going like, what about this person? What about this guy? What about this one of my children? Like, what, what do you think they're praying for? How can I be the answer to their prayer? I can't know their prayer. I can't know their thoughts. But how can I be the answer to something that, that they really, really need? Um, man, is that a powerful prayer to think about, like, what could God do with my life that would cause me to be an answer to somebody else's prayer? Um, that's a powerful prayer as well. So anyway, those were the things that, to me, were really powerful in prayer this week. Um, I'm excited, actually, probably more excited than I've been about prayer in quite a long time um, based on this week and based on those thoughts. Because those are some ways that you can get out of the rut of just kind of closing your eyes and saying, Dear God, I pray for this person and I pray for this to happen. And just not that, but like actually praying through scripture, praying through your thoughts, praying like out loud, praying to be, you know, the answer to somebody else's prayer. I mean, that really is is powerful for me. So I, I don't know how you hear that. I don't know where that catches you this week. Um, but I want to challenge you to think about different ways to pray. You know, Paul says pray without ceasing, you know, to kind of keep those thoughts and prayers going toward God rather than just sitting in your own brain. And um, I don't know what that looks like or feels like for you, but it's a challenge for me this week. Anyway, um, that to me, as I look at what that did with my week, it really did cause me to, um, there's a couple conversations I had this week that were not the easiest conversations to have that, um, I challenged myself in prayer to have. Um, and you know, I was able to do that. I mean, I don't know how much of a blessing those conversations were to the people that I had them with, but you know, that, that was, that was a thing, you know, and, and, um, you know, I found that as I was praying for a couple situations, I get a couple situations like, at work, I'm losing one of my best uh, employees at work um, who, you know, is kind of graduating up and taking a job in the education realm, which is something that she's been striving to do for quite a while. And, um, you know, praying about that situation, praying about things, you know, even things that are not the circumstance that you want. Like, I don't want this employee to leave. Um, but I'll tell you what, when you pray about those things that are not perfect and you pray seeing them as opportunities... Um, you find, well, I find that, um, I hear more from God about God's will and God's plan, um, during those situations than I do if I just were to ask God, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done. You know, I hope that your will is done. Um, you learn more about it when you're honest about the, you know, the things that are going in your life the way that you wish that they wouldn't go. So in uncomfortable situations and circumstances, that's kind of where you hear God. So anyway, that's my thoughts this week. I hope that makes sense to you. Um, I would love it if you would participate in any part of the conversation. If, if you um, feel like you want to ask a question that I could respond to or leave me a comment, feel free to email me anytime at mypursuitoutlook.com. I would love to hear uh, your thoughts and, and hear what you have to say. But anyway... Um, I want to thank you again for listening. Uh, We'll be back with you again next week as we continue this series on soul food. So thanks again for listening. Um, God bless you guys.